0: Welcome to The Savvy Founder, the one place for entrepreneurs and business owners, away from the everyday bustle, where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future.
1: Now here's your host, The Savvy Founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham. Well, this isn't Philip Topham, this is Paul Roberts from Talk Radio, welcoming Philip Topham to his first podcast. Welcome, sir. I'm glad to be here. You know, being an entrepreneur is certainly an adventure. It's a crazy adventure. It's a path into the unknown. It's filled with lots of twists and turns and traps along the way. What does it mean to be a savvy founder?
0: I've learned that uh, you have to think a little bit first before you go forward. You always begin with the end in mind. Know what your goal is and share your goal with lots of people so they can help you forward. Work hard, you know, work smarter, not harder.
1: Well, you know, people have often said they've referred it to a Sherpa. You need a guide to go up to the top of the mountain here. You've been to the top of the mountain. Tell us what it's like. How did you get there and what have you done in the past?
0: Yes, yeah, so I've been everything from, uh, you know, the janitor at 14, uh, earning <laughs> money to get my computer for the first time, to learning what computers were, to a big corporate break where I started as a network engineer and left as a divisional CIO for a large uh, global company, a billion dollars of sales a year, and then got uh, recruited into a healthcare company that did uh, 20 million VC funding to become the next big thing in the healthcare space. And then uh, slowly kept getting pulled into the uh, startup world, where eventually I ended up helping a company launch from an idea around uh, social networks, social influence, and change the way the pharmaceutical industry worked. And, Sold more than five million bucks to the pharma industry and then took some time off. Hung around at UC Irvine helping startups. I was an MC for the One Million Cups program out here.
1: I remember that program, great program.
0: Yeah, and which is great to see. You know, that program every morning, a couple of uh, startups pitch their idea and the group serves as a big mastermind and helps them. I really enjoyed that. And that's when I got tapped to start helping entrepreneurs more earnestly with their business. At the same time, I was doing my own software as a service in the regulations and soft, uh, helping what I call business owners sleep easier at night. And I seemed to find have a gift for it. Uh, this podcast all came about after I was sharing some ideas with somebody, and they said, Phil, you should have a podcast. Well, <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, is That happened three times in about three months. And so I said- (laughs) The universe is trying to tell you
1: something here, (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
0: somebody's telling me something, I need to do something. And I'm not naturally, uh, you know, I'm the doer, not normally the outspoken person. And so I often help technical people, you know, I sort of give them permission to think about people and think about their business and move it forward. That's what I've been very good at doing usually
1: behind the scenes you're not the face of the company you're the you're the force behind it uh, more often than not
0: yeah i'm the force behind it but i'm usually the closer of sales and negotiations and strategies and partnerships but but the front person uh, you know dancing at the at the company party uh, that's probably not me <laughs> yeah
1: up on stage you're not steve jobs up on stage but you're the guy that uh, helped him get up on stage here well so let's talk about this a little bit because one of the frustrations i have and so many people have we listen to shows all the time come through here and everybody makes it sound so darn simple how did you build your billion dollar business well came up with an idea wrote it on the back of a napkin uh, raised some money and here we are is it that simple
0: you know that's that's precisely one of the reasons i'm doing the show is there's this uh, silicon valley myth And it just frosts me that people think you can have a coffee meeting with some rich person, uh, have a napkin, write down, uh, scribble some ideas on the back of a napkin, and you walk away with a $5 million funding. And uh, boy, that's the furthest from the truth. It can happen. But the likelihood, the likelihood is so tiny, you better, you, you'd be better putting your money in Las Vegas and... and you know. <laughs> Making your fortune that way here. I'm
1: always amazed. To me, I, I started off in the entertainment industry as a young press agent to celebrities, and, and uh, I, I thought it's a lot like that Hollywood myth. I'm just, I'm the smartest, I'm the, I'm the funniest, I'm the most attractive person in my class. Everybody says, go west, young man. Go to hollywood and you just get off the bus and somebody discovers you and poof you're famous silicon valley has much of that same myth somehow you're just going to come up with this great idea you're going to meet somebody they're going to invest in it and things are just going to take off and while you may get the money do we know what to do with the money when we get it
0: <laughs> that's funny you say that i i mentioned that i got uh, recruited to join a company they got 20 million vc funding it, it, they were run by a bunch of doctors and and I like to tell people I know what happens when doctors get a bunch of money. And, and they, <laughs> they, they spent it very, very quickly. Yeah, And right. ultimately, the startup idea that they were trying to do never worked. And they went back to their original business model that is still successful to this day. But their trial at doing an entrepreneurial stuff just failed uh, and failed miserably.
1: Well, I see it all the time. Uh, we only focus on getting the money, never how to turning that money into a, into a viable business here. So you're going to help us do that. What what are we going to expect to see in this show along the way? What should people tuning into the Savvy Founder expect to hear?
0: The number one thing is guilt saying that uh, if you have money, you can make money, and and I'm going to say that's absolutely not true. <laughs> the the everybody has that's an, myth number one. That's you're going num- to dispel. number number myth number one. That's the, <laughs> the, the first. The first thing, everybody has an opportunity to move forward and it takes a community of people to get you forward and teach you how to uh, uh, tap into your social capital and build it and create it and extend it. That's gonna be a key piece there. The other thing is gonna be uh, there is, I'm a firm believer in uh, saving time through mental models. What are my words of wisdom? When you do a talk,
1: and I know you, again, you hosted this thing that went on for years, what they call the Million Cups, where it was trying to get a million cups of coffee people to come forward and and share and talk about their dreams and schemes and ideas here. Everybody must ask you that question. Give me some words of wisdom here. As if one word from the man who's been up high, and we climb up to the top of the mountain to find the guru sitting up there, and we say, please, tell me, what's the secret of life?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so... This might come as a shock for people, but uh, ideas are, are worthless. They're, they're, <laughs> I, ideas are, are worthless. Revenues are priceless. And finally, to get your business where you want to go is surround yourself with smart people. If you follow those three things, you'll save a ton of time.
1: Ideas are worthless. It's revenue that's priceless. Well, that, that's worth the price of admission here today, just to hear that one. So when you tell people and coach them, and advise them, and all the work that you've done through the years, not only building your own enterprises or those that you've been involved in, but helping others climb that mountain as well, take that entrepreneur's journey. It all starts with one step. What's the first step? Do you have to just go get the money? Is that the only focus? Just get the money, get the money, and then we'll figure it out?
0: Yeah, so so everybody that starts on the journey or is already on the journey the biggest thing that they need to really understand is why are they putting one step in front of the other? Yeah right like begin with the end in mind but why are they doing whatever they do
1: And why step this way instead of that way or, or maybe I need to take a step back or two steps or you know it's a again uh, the imagery that you always hear is it's a path it's a journey but the path isn't clearly laid out for you.
0: No, it's, it's, uh, it goes back to one of my philosophies that, uh, you know, I wrote a poem called The Path when I was uh, 14 years of age. <laughs> really? And, uh, you knew you are going to be on a path? <laughs> it it, 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 it was, was a lot of my philosophy. Simply put, you know, you are going to go on a journey and you may encounter a mountain or a molehill. Yeah. It's your perspective that chooses what it is not the literal meaning of uh, climbing a mountain. Mm. You know, climbing a mountain could be a lot of fun, but if you're climbing a mountain and it's a lot of work and it's painful and you're suffering, then it's pain. Uh, same with a, uh, a molehill. You could see a molehill, step over it, and then suddenly trip. So you have to, you know, enjoy the journey, learn from the journey. Every, you know, the terms uh fail forward, fail fast, fail often. Yeah, uh, Those are all learning experiences. A lot of those are around your attitude in a business. And so when you ask, what's the first thing I help people with is really dig into their why. Why are they doing it? Where are they at? Where do they need to go? And sometimes as a coach, advisor, I have to help them stumble around Mm. because the the biggest learnings are when they have their own epiphanies. If I'm always holding their hand and guiding them, and they're following my lead, like I'm, they'll never be able to count, climb the mountain themselves.
1: It's almost like raising a child. At some point you've got to let them fall along the way, as hard as it is to do that.
0: Yes, there's a, there is sometimes that uh, letting somebody make a less than great choice, <laughs> less than great choice, but that's okay. Because that's a, a tremendous opportunity for them to learn. So, the, some, for example, their first time they uh, price their product in the marketplace, it's a hard thing to do. But getting it wrong is priceless, frankly, because they learn so much about pricing it wrong that the next time they'll be much, much closer to pricing their product right.
1: And again, in the beginning, you're just either pricing it on what you think the value is. It's worth a ton. Or you're so desperate, I'll take anything. Give me a dollar, and I'll do this. You know.
0: Yeah, and even that, I ask. I use this uh, in the show. We'll also be talking about a lot about mental models and the ways of looking at things, and even the way you ask that question. I would say questions are more valuable than answers. <laughs> So, and give you
1: insight into how you're thinking. I, I, I've been that desperate person along the way a few times saying, well, how about if, uh, what do you got? I'll take a dollar. I'll take a dime. I'll take anything just to get this started here.
0: Yeah, and I would ask, why are you so desperate? You know, that would be my immediate question that I would follow up is what's causing that and it's probably not the price itself it's probably something else
1: fear yeah well we're all filled with various fears we're either yeah. feel fears or false bravado that seems to be the two uh, currencies that uh, entrepreneurs trade in secret fears and false bravado i got all the answers in the world but uh, secretly i'm not sure what i'm doing here
0: oh that's the that's the human condition we're always do- <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're always doing that we're always projecting authority knowledge uh, you know but you know, the imposter syndrome as well. It's rampant throughout the throughout stuff. Okay, so give us some other ideas because
1: one of the things I'm trying to get at is how do you tell me what twists and turns, what direction I should go? Because it is my journey at the end of the day. And as much as you may want to grab me like a parent and say, come on, that's not going to work, do this, I have to find the path myself to a certain degree and my path is maybe different than everybody else's path to success.
0: Yeah, there's an art to that, and it is comes down to the art of asking a question, without answering, and you know, answer a question, answer a question with a question, and I help somebody think through what they're trying to do. So that's that's really a key aspect. So you
1: call yourself an armchair sociologist? It sounds like you're more of an armchair psychologist here.
0: Sociology. It, there's two. There's two sides to sociology. That's the person and then lots of people the society uh, we are absolute humans that uh, we social means we cooperate for mutual survival so sociology is about connecting with people and talk about social capital and building a business is about building a, a team a group a society so why customers. aren't your sociologists is this is
1: something that you just Practice uh, on the side, or is it uh, something that you're doing sitting on the sidelines, observing them as yeah, they're taking their journey?
0: Well, I would call myself an armchair because I, I don't have a PhD in sociology, yet I have peer review articles and in some very prestigious locations, as well as have some patents in social influence analytics really? that have been okay. published. So, yes, held my own at some uh, academic conferences on the matter. So, yes.
1: Many years ago, I took sociology, psychology, and social psychology, and I was always trying to understand the differences between the three. Psychology is what influences the individual, right? Sociology is group behavior. Is there a group behavior? If I, if I watch entrepreneurs enough time, if I follow enough founders, are there patterns that you begin to see?
0: Yeah. So. That psychology and sociology, they're like two sides of the same coin. Uh, The coin being humanity. You can flip it from both sides and analyze what the coin looks like. But until you hold the coin in your hand, you don't really understand at all. The society part is we are born to be connected to other people. When that little newborn suddenly starts crying, to be held or fed. They are engaging somebody else. They are being social. And we're we're wired that way so well that we don't even realize that we're working with others. You and I are doing this podcast. You're interviewing me, my first podcast, really helping me out. That is completely social behavior. It's not an individual behavior. It's it's and that's what businesses is about that's what startups are about
1: and yet the typical image of the entrepreneur is the solo the guy fighting it alone Uh, the lone gunman uh, you know who's uh, the the, he's Clint Eastwood he's the face man with no name he rides into town he has no friends uh, he follows his own code and he goes where he wants
0: yeah that's probably the hardest thing for some entrepreneurs to understand is that, yes, they're the face of the company, yes, they're the CEO, yes, they're the founder, one person, they have to conquer their fears. But if they share them with all the people that are there around them, it's everybody's going to support that business and grow it forward. It is a totally a team sport, it built, takes a community to build a, a company, and it's not just the founder.
1: Well, we hope to build a community of uh, like-minded founders here with this. Is this show for the future founder, or the founder who's found himself foundering along the way? I'll, I'll, I'll do a, a clever uh, alliteration there. Is it for the everyday founder, or the founder that's already halfway up the mountain?
0: Anybody that finds themselves stuck on that entrepreneurial journey. This shows perfect for them. Uh, that could be the young founder right out of school that's got a great technology out of the laboratories and wants to build a new technology. It could be somebody in their uh, middle age that is uh, tired of corporate life, got a great idea, has a little bit of money to build a startup, and they want to move forward. And it certainly could be the founder that's on their second or third, but they got stuck with this particular company. I'm all about getting companies. I'm. I'm impatient for tomorrow's future so I want to help everybody bring a brighter future today and if I can do that then we're all better off you know there's so many world things like sustainability green solving energy um, making life easier for everybody there's so many great ideas and if I can help them that's wonderful
1: so who are we going to see on the show? Give us some examples of the types of people. You've certainly got a network that you're going to tap into, people who've uh, built companies, who've funded companies, who've uh, helped companies along the way. You're, you're pretty savvy to that world. Uh, who, who do we expect to uh, hear from that world on this show?
0: Well we're certainly going to talk with folks in the uh, the angel community, those uh, that side of the community, as well as those that are further along as venture capitalists so the funders not just the founders funders not just the founders but we're also going to talk to founders that are starting their journey and what their struggles are as well as founders that have completed their journey and and looking back as well as founders that you know that are saying hey I'm struggling how do I get forward with this and I really want to put together founders that are with founders that are doing well and have that maybe even a three-way conversation with people to try to find out those commonalities. Those are
1: the only ones I hear about, the founders that are doing well. Uh, the founders that are fumbling seem to be hesitant to admit to the world, I've hit a wall, I've hit a problem. Well, why is that? Are we, are why do, do we have to always maintain this image that we have all the answers uh, and we're afraid that somehow that will show weakness or uh, not attract others to the mission
0: here? Exactly is that uh, that fear is tremendous, and really the number one thing I hear in investor meetings when somebody pitches and they walk out of the room everybody's oh that was great, that's wonderful they're slapping you know they're yeah, they're thanking right. the founder, and the founder doesn't hear in the hear out in the hallway and then inside the room they're going, man, that founder is not coachable <laughs> yeah, and, and, right. and, and that founder was so. Great idea, but I'm not gonna
1: work with him. This guy's yeah, never gonna listen. Ne-
0: never gonna listen. And admitting that you don't know something is then somebody can help. That's that's a sign that you're coachable. And so this is another one of those myths of Silicon Valley is that you have to be, project absolute knowledge about where, we're, where you're absolute going.
1: Absolute certainty. No doubt where we're gonna get, how we're gonna get there.
0: You can have a doubt over how, but you really, can't have a doubt over why you're building something or why you're doing. So that's a key distinction for people to understand. And the
1: key thing on journeys is, you know, you think you've got it all mapped out. What was the line John Lennon said or somebody famous said, you know, life is what happens when you make other plans. Uh, Here you've got this scheme, this plan, this pro forma, you've raised money around it. And then you have to pivot to the market. You have to pivot to the realities of the world. Uh, you may have to pivot to new opportunities to better opportunities that's the part of the story I don't hear people everybody thinks it's just a clear path I came up with an idea raised some money it came to market and was a hit it's never that
0: straight is it 10 founders in a room and there will be 20 different directions <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> right exactly alright yeah. so you got a lot of founders you got some funders anybody else will find on the journey along the way here
0: yeah there will certainly be people that are supporting uh, those organizations So we will talk to some of the the startup lawyers that really understand Mm. that space. Uh, Also, some of those folks with the intellectual property, you know, is it important? Is it not important? There's some of what I'll call tools and tactics. I'll be weaving in a framework called the Savvy Founder Framework. The the T is the tools and tactics. Uh, That's what Silicon Valley does really well. The accelerators have lots of things about it. But then I really, the S part of the framework is the strategies and soft skills, including social capital.
1: And then finally... That's what you talk a lot about, and I I expect to hear more about I don't know if I really understand social capital. Give us a quick discussion of that, and we'll wrap this up today. What is social
0: capital? Social capital. So when you move into a new neighborhood, and the neighbors come over, and they... Say hey, welcome to the neighborhood, here's a pie I made. That person is building goodwill and social capital. You'll remember every neighbor that knocked on your door and gave you a pie or free food. You will not know any, the people that didn't knock on your door, you'll be distrustful of them, you don't know who they are. That's social capital that is at its fundamental. And so how you learn how to give first and take next.
1: Lots of good advice and lots of good examples from people you found along the way, people who have made the journey themselves like you have to the top of the mountain and maybe back down again to start all over again. People who helped them at critical points along the way and some idea of a map that we're all missing going forward. Understanding that the map is different for everybody and it's filled with its own twists and turns, but a, a format, a as you say, a a fundamental way of uh, approaching the
0: problem here, right? Absolutely. It's one step in front of the other, begin with the end in mind, and then roll with the punches when the bridge is washed out. Make your (laughs) own bridge.
1: All right. Well, we're going to make time for this show each and every week here on The Savvy Founder. We want to thank you, Philip Topham, for joining us here today. How do they reach you if they need help immediately along the way?
0: Yeah, they can easily re- uh, email me at Philip. That's Philip with one L at thesavvyfounder.com. dot com.
1: And spell Topham for those of us that are challenged in spelling anything these days.
0: Oh, I'd, my email doesn't have my last name, but it. But Topham is T O P H is in Harry, A is an apple, M is in Mary, Topham.
1: Philip Topham, thanks for being the uh, top person to step forward and do this. We look forward to the conversations each and every week as you take us up the mountain and along the journey and turn us all into a little bit more of what we're going to call the savvy founder. Thanks.
0: Thank you. And looking forward. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, the You can also follow Philip on clubhouse at the savvy founder, wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.